Ladies and gentlemen, remember this. Try. For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Hmm. Try, try again. Yes. No. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> Cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Whoa, we're going to have company! Loud noises! Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm a Fuliakan Tarmaja. And I'm the nasal passage removed Michael Lister. <laughs> <laughs> and you're now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Oh, yeah. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of everything that we have, including a webcam. Hey. Yeah, several. <laughs> a microphone. Microphones. And mm-hmm. tissues. And tissues. And glasses of water. Mm-hmm. Mm. All of the fluids. Yeah. All Important. the fluids. Going in, coming out again. Um, <sighs> welcome the fluids to the are in sh- my ears. <laughs> 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 welcome uh, to the show, the podcast that refuses to behave. Oh, yeah. As is the same every week. Yes, it is. We just... <laughs> New behavior. We just... Yeah, Exactly. Bad behaviour. Bad behaviour. Ah, well, another week has gone by and Mm -hmm. we are back with our thoughts on things and such and stuff. And speaking of, Fulia, what have you been watching? Well, can't believe, first of all, that we are already at the end of November. Yeah. And we are now a month away from the new year. Yep. Good. (laughs) Holy crap. I'm ready for this year to be over so I can forget it. Yeah. And so you can forget about next year. Yay! <laughs> well, there are certain things I will, I will want to remember, but there are certain things I will want to keep out of my brain. So yes, yes, <laughs> I one, agree. It's been one of those years. Yep, yep. Yeah, <sighs> anyway, what anyway. are you watching? <laughs> Another we Oh, God moment. Yes. <laughs> That's out of the way. Uh, so, didn't really have much time this week, as this week we'll be working really hard with Black Friday sales. Working in retail is just... Ugh. No, we can't do that yeah. on Twitch. <laughs> fake Blind. gun, fake gun, ladies and gentlemen, fake gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my fingers. It's fine. Um, and so today, you think I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> fake fingers, fake fingers. Fake fingers. Okay, well, there's only a couple of things I managed to watch this week, and one of them being uh, Slumberland. Oh. Now, was it better than it looked? It's actually wholesome. Okay, that's good. Whols- it's, I'll take wholesome. It's a very wholesome emotional movie mm-hmm. about grieving about um being in tune with yourself mm-hmm. um and to and also about fear uh so it's actually really good cool yeah 
I really liked it. Oh, I really enjoyed Jason Momoa's portrayal of the character ah. that he played. He was really funny. Um, but he, but then it also got a little bit real at certain points. Oh. Um, so you prepare to cry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Especially with Jason Momoa and his dad bod. <laughs> I love the dad bod on him. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> it suits him well. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, but the really awesome part of this movie is that the way that the story goes, there are certain twists that I wasn't expecting myself. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Nice. Um, but also very sad at the same time. <laughs> but it is definitely a really good movie and I would definitely recommend watching it. Okay. Yeah. Better than I expected. Yes, yes. I, it's not like the best thing I've ever seen in my life, mm-hmm. but it's 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 pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I'll give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, the other thing that I ended up watching was a Netflix stand-up special by Trevor Noah, ah. and, and it's called I Wish You Could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really needed that kind of laugh um, after, have, after working this week. <laughs> Winter is yeah. coming. So I really, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed his comedy. It's, um, very, very funny. Uh, he does also touch on some serious things. He does, uh, put COVID into some of his, um, skits, uh, but it's still, it's, it's actually quite funny the way he, the way he says everything, mm-hmm. um, and the stories he tells and, oh my gosh, it's hilarious and his impressions are amazing oh yeah i Ugh. love his impressions i didn't know he was an impression uh, impression maestro yes he likes he likes putting on accents that's what oh. that's one of his pastimes he's, it seems he's one of my kind <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and he likes to imitate presidents <laughs> i'm guessing he has a very good obama impression oh yeah yeah, yeah. he does very nice. very good obama he does nice. i have a very good Obama. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but he also does a hilarious Trump. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, and a George Bush. <laughs> and he does George Bush as well. It's, so it's a really, it's a really good gag. Um, cool. I, yeah, definitely would one? recommend. I think Junior. Junior. W. Yeah. Dubia. <laughs> Dubia. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people know that I have a <laughs> cocaine habit. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi, America. We love you. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, no, they're the, they're the two things that I've been watching this week, and I, cool. yeah, really enjoyed them. Nice. Yes. Glad to hear. Glad to hear it, Michael. Hello. What have you been watching? Uh, I haven't really watched much this week because me and the family went on a holiday uh, to to the coast, which was good. Except uh, on the last day, well, coming home, uh, got some hay fever. And so, 
uh, reason why I'm not really with it at the moment is because of that. And that's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> uh, but what I have watched um, and failed to divulge from a couple of weeks ago, I did watch uh, um, uh, Neila Holmes, the second one. Anola Holmes. Holmes, the second one. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, I actually quite liked it. It was actually well well done, and yes, it definitely opens up for a series, uh, another series of, well, not really another series, but another um, uh, episodic adventure with with her, and yeah, the thing about Minecraft of not really being there, yeah, it kind of makes sense because Minecraft isn't really in the. Uh, home story that much either uh mm. apparently he's he, he's in charge with like all the government stuff and then mm. in yeah. in canon he becomes uh, he becomes a big beefy boy and <laughs> because he, he has a sit-down job <laughs> <laughs> so i maybe uh, expect him to be put on a couple of pounds <laughs> if he does turn up next time which i highly doubt but it would be fun if he if they make jokes about him being being rotund i don't know <laughs> anyway uh yeah so i highly recommend that one uh for all ages and uh yeah not for not for the people who uh who, who get upset about about uh, women empowerment as well so yeah stuff them uh it sort of makes sense of the um uh period of where it's uh, set because yeah it is what it is so yeah uh, quite like that one. Also, with um, uh, um, a young female protagonist, I watched a couple of episodes of Wednesday that came out. Nice. Yeah, I haven't watched the whole thing, but what I have seen, um, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it took a while to sort of get into it, but by the end of the first episode and getting into the second one, I'm starting to really enjoy it. And I'm up to episode four, so, and it's really good. Uh uh, not the sort of thing that you would go into is like um, a high school <laughs> sort of drama, but it's also um, uh, a, de- a detective sort of aspect to it as well, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. And Wednesday being Wednesday Adams, and uh, yeah, uh, haven't seen Uncle Fester yet, but I can't wait for that. Fred Albert mm-hmm. being uh, Uncle Fester, but I can't wait. Things in there, Lurch, uh, Matisha, and. And Gomez. And Pugsley. A little bit. Not too much. So, um, enjoying that one as well. And otherwise, that's basically what I've been watching. Uh, Another thing that I watched, uh, as sort of leads into the plugs in the future. Haha. Shameless plug. Uh, I watched the... uh, Well, I re-watched the uh, pilot, but not pilot, unaired uh, episode of Doctor Who. Uh, yeah so i watched that and i made a video of it and it's on the freddy alien channel if you want to if you want to find that where i talked about that spoilers of course but you know it's a 60 year old television show so (laughs) anyway you know what happens at the end he he becomes uh david Tennant for the second time anyway (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so yeah i watched that and 
it will be a string of videos that I that I do leading up to the 60th anniversary of watching all the Doctor Who's. The ones that I have seen, I'll be re-watching. Ones that I haven't seen, I'll be watching for the first time. And the ones that I love and some that I downright loathe as well. So it's going to be a very interesting journey and I might uh, go nuts in the process. But, you know, I love Doctor Who, so there you go. Anyway, Kendall, do you go nuts for stuff? Oh, I do. I, I, some might say I go a little bit too nuts. <laughs> do you nibble Nobby's nuts? For the, <laughs> I'm ignoring that. Um, <laughs> okay, my week. Um, well, I will say, uh, I will start with that I watched um, uh, uh, Wakanda Forever for the second time. <laughs> Um, so I've, I've seen that twice now. Um, and still cried. Oh, I cried more. Oh, I don't, I don't know why, but it hit me harder for some reason. I don't know what it was. Uh, I mean, oh yeah, it was uh, even Ramonda's death. Spoilers <laughs> made me <laughs> made me cry more. Whoopsie! <laughs> the movie's been out for two weeks. It's fine. Um, even that made me tear up this time um, for some reason. Probably just due to Letitia Wright's performance. Um, but yeah, the end. I was holding in sobs. Like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll save the rest of that spoiler chat for when we talk about it. Spoilery eventually um but yeah no but it was good it was good the second time like i i think i enjoyed it more the second time which is i I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing uh only to say uh because i knew what to expect so i could just kind of let myself enjoy the movie more for what it was um which is i i realized it's starting to become a problem (laughs) of the mcu movies and i think i said this with thor and maybe dr strange is the fact that I have extremely high expectations of these movies now, and and yet yeah, n- n- this in phase four they have not all hit hit that high mark that I was hoping for, or the trailers were indicating it would hit. Um, and so when I watch it, I rewatch it. I tend to enjoy it more because I'm not worried about what I'm expecting to see. I'm just going, okay, this is the movie. It's a good movie. I'm just gonna have fun. Uh, and yeah, and so I appreciate Wakanda Forever definitely more the second time. Um, and I understood a bit more, like I said, there was a certain thing that I can't say because it's again a spoiler, but there were certain things that I understood kind of better that I didn't appreciate the first time based on like having conversations with people about the movie. And when I, I've taken those conversations into my approach of watching the movie and gone, oh, okay, I can see why that's a thing. But anyway vague <laughs> so yeah so that was good i'll probably go see it another, maybe one more time i'll be done um what else um i watched an australian movie this week um by the name of palm beach um which has an all-star cast um led by brian brown sam neill and uh, richard e grant um and yeah it's basically about these group of group of uh, old bandmates they were like one hit wonders in the 70s and they um they all uh reunite for brian brown's birthday uh it's like he's 70 something or late 60 i don't know it's around that time uh, right. and huh it sounds right sorry 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just about like this weekend set in Palm Beach, just outside of Sydney, I think is where it is. It's a real place. It's where they film Home and Away. Um, and the scenery was beautiful. No um, way. So, no way. Home and Away. Um, so, yeah, that was, it, was a, it was a very funny uh, movie uh, in a lot of parts. Heartwarming as well. Uh, good family story. And because like them getting together and all their family getting together and uh, interesting storylines and um, a bit of drama thrown in for good measure. Um, but mostly just very funny. Um, so I'm glad to have seen that. That was, that was really good. Uh, and then I think the last thing I'll mention, actually two other things, cause I'll just drag this out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> well, I'll quickly say I watched Rick and Morty, the new Rick and Morty's back. Oh uh, yeah. Week. I watched that as well. Yeah. And they went the most meta that they've ever gone. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> you didn't like it? Oh no, it broke my brain. Yeah, it was a bit brain brain breaking, wasn't it? It's um, like sixteen walls. There was yeah. <laughs> sixteen walls uh, they break. Sixteen walls, yeah, fucking it was mental. Um the most meta to ever meta. Um but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Really good return um to the show. And uh and then finally fun funnily enough, after last week we were talking about um bloody, you know, Indiana Jones five and how it's gonna be inspired by that Nazi dude who is at NASA. Well, I started watching For All Mankind. <laughs> Finally. This is a show that I've been wanting to watch for years because um, it started in 2019 with the launch of Apple TV Plus and I finally, finally got around to starting it. Uh, and I watched the first four episodes because it's all I had time to do this week. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting and really fascinating um, to see like an alternate take on the space race and what would have happened maybe if the Russians had beaten the Americans to the moon um, and just see how that kind of spirals out of control. They have some real life characters in the show and then they also have some fictional ones that were made up for the show. So it's a combination of, um, you know, it's, it's very much a, a historical fiction series. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, really, really, really cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I do know that they're, that they, uh, down the line, seasons down the line, they go to Mars. Um, but, uh, that's all I know in terms of spoilers. Did so, they get their ass to Mars? Did they get their ass to Mars? <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's good. And, uh, now we're here. So I think it's time to get into the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom. The hostess with most s. Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Yes. Taking it away. Taking it away. Okay. So, I jinxed it last week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because now we have to be sad again. And talk about uh, two uh, very talented humans that left us this week. Starting with uh, the very shocking uh, passing of the death of um, uh, Jason David Frank. Um, Died suddenly at the age of 49. Um, I don't think his cause of death was officially reported, but I did see some sites speculate that it was um, uh, mental health related. Yeah, so... 
that's if that's true then that is really really sad um because everyone i know that's either interacted with him at a convention or just like people talking about him online uh his co-stars just had nothing but the nicest things to say about him so it's just very very sad it's just sad in general regardless of how he died too but um but yeah uh i remember you know, watching him as a kid, you know, Power Rangers was definitely a part of my childhood. I'm sure all of us here, um, as well. Um, I remember just loving, uh, when Tommy was introduced because he was, you know, he was a, the bad boy. He was the when bad he, boy. He was the bad boy when he started, you know, he was, he the, was the bad boy. He had a ponytail. Yes, he had a ponytail and an earring, and he was, you know, the 90s definition of bad boy. Um, and he, you know, was sent by Rita Repulsa to infiltrate the Rangers and take them down and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, of course, he, you know, switches sides and um, and goes from the Green Ranger to the White Ranger. And he and Kimberly have this epic romance over the course of the original series and into the movies. Um you know, I loved the two of them together. They were like couple goals for me in primary school. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you guys are the best. Um, so I really loved the two of them. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And I remember the movie of course was, was great. Uh, uh, and yeah, the way that they, that played out, but, um, yeah, very, just very sad. I'm just very sad about this just really sucks. Um, yeah. So Jason, and he went on to reprise his role as Tommy, um, in many other iterations of the Power Rangers, uh, as most people are aware that they, there were just, you know, series after series after series after series, uh, of Power Rangers that has continued on over the last 25 years. And yeah, he appeared multiple times in multiple different series. Um, and yeah, it was actually a fighter outside of Power Rangers as well. So, um, very sad uh, to hear of his passing, um, and he will definitely be missed. And uh, then I have to mention, of course, uh, just this weekend, Irene Cara uh, passed away um, at the age of 63. Also, uh, suddenly it seems her cause of death has not been revealed at this time. Um, so, but yes, still very sad. Um, she was a, an icon of the eighties. Uh, she, you know, first came to prominence, uh, for, um, uh, starring in fame. And she also sang the theme song to fame, uh, the movie. And then of course her biggest, her biggest claim to fame though, however, has to be for co-writing and uh, performing the theme to flash dance. What a feeling, um, that song actually went, uh, gave her uh, an Academy Award for Best Original Song, and uh, she won two Grammys for the song as well. Uh, so very, very, very cool stuff. Uh, yes, so she was yeah very prominent in the 1980s and very talented and had a, a lovely, lovely voice. Uh, and we still listen to her music today, so it's you know a testament to her talent, I think. Um, so very sad to hear of her passing as well. Um, Fulia... What are your thoughts on these two legends? Uh, well, Irene Cara, uh, with her music, is probably what I really know her from. Uh, and those those two songs that you mentioned, the absolute belters, and they're so good. And they definitely... Um, they get your body pumping, especially... Mm. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking on the first name. 
the I don't know which song you're going to talk about. Not not fame. The other. What a feeling. <laughs> what a feeling. What a feeling. Plus <laughs> what a feeling. Yes. Um, that that one definitely uh, gets your gets you wanting to to get up and moving and feeling positive about life and stuff. So, um, she's her voice was just absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's really sad to hear about her passing. Uh, and then of course Jason David Frank, forty nine man, what a young age. Um, he best known uh, obviously for for being Tommy in the Power Rangers. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one, but there are a lot of other people out there that had crushes on that character. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I probably did too. I think. Yeah. And even, bad boys, and man. Even bad couple- boys. Yeah, and even a couple of male crushes, I reckon, as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, I I absolutely loved watching the Power Rangers, the, the, the first iteration um, back in the 90s, because that's the one that I really grew up on, and I think I sort of got grew out of it um, uh, once it started going into its new phase mm. with the new members and stuff. Yeah. Tried rewatching it uh, as an adult uh, mm. because they have it on streaming services. And I got to, I, I'm pretty much binged up to the point where they did the changeover. And then I watched a few episodes with the new members. And again, I dropped off it because I'm like, I, no, I don't like this already. <laughs> yeah. There's always something about like the original cast of a show. That just kind of yeah makes you more connected, I guess. I yeah, I agree. Or, uh, or whatever cast it is, that is the cast at the time you discover the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, generally, and I understand that the makers of the show definitely wanted to monetize on it as much as possible for as long as possible, and so that's why there were so many different iterations over oh, yes. the decades. Oh yes. Um, you know, from being you know the Power Rangers to being ninjas to being <laughs> all sorts of different fighters. Um, you know, even with like swords or just you know other different weapons and their their dino. What were they? I think they were the dinosaur. Dino bots? Is it dinosaur? Is that a thing? Or di- I don't know. It's something Dinosaurs? to do with. Dinosaurs? Zords. It Dinosaurs. had something to do with Zords. That makes sense. Zords. Um, yeah. Zords. But um, yeah, it was it was always a lot of fun to watch um, the Power Rangers. And, um, and I know a lot of people who are big fans of the Green Ranger. I myself was a fan of, I'm going to say, the Yellow Ranger. Mm hmm. Um, the Yellow Ranger and the Black Ranger were my favorites. Yeah, Kimberly was my favorite. Pink, yeah. r- Pink Ranger. <laughs> because <laughs> they were racist specific. Huh? What? <laughs> well, the, the black character was playing the Black Ranger. and Ah, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you know. It was the 90s. What can you do? <laughs> and then Tommy was the White Ranger. ha <laughs> ha no, originally he was green, and uh, then he went to white. Yeah. He found his true calling. Mm. <laughs> no, anyway. No. Anyway, uh, you know, rest in peace to both Jason and, and Irene. They will definitely be missed. Yes. 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 Michael, your thoughts on, on, on this news? Yeah, the Irene one is pretty, uh, pretty harsh. You know, way too young to go. 
and she leads a legacy that's uh, that's great. Especially when uh, my elder siblings were in like dance and all that. So those two songs were definitely within <laughs> earshot, like like the early nineties. So sort of like them just dancing to that uh, got a feeling and and uh, and uh, sorry not fame f- and fame I was thinking flash dance I was like no not that one why would kids be p- performing that um, anyway yeah it's just all those like li- uh, all those like little jazz trios and and yeah it was it was in my lexicon for a bit and yeah it's real shame anyway and yeah the and Tommy dear old Tommy um I as, as a kid I wasn't really that much of a Power Rangers fan uh dare I say but I knew of it and I also can respect the fact that Power Rangers like a huge powerhouse when it comes to popular culture especially in the uh convention scene there's always like a Power Rangers sort of thing there especially in Australia as well where where it was like huge over in Australia mm. uh and, and having said that uh got the DVD here of the movie, hey, the movie. because nice. my wife because my wife is a big um, big fan and yeah it sort of hit her hard pre- pretty hard she doesn't mm. normally like cry at like celebrities but she definitely did <laughs> when, when when J- uh, Jason um we got the news about Jason and yeah, and uh, funny enough for the movie, uh, set in um, uh, set in America, but it's clearly filmed in Sydney. Yeah, very clearly. S- very clearly, <laughs> even shots of the Sydney Harbour uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge as well as the Opera House, uh, and it all takes place in the monorail as well. So it does. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you can't have everything. Uh, yeah, Australia was cheap to to film there, so it yeah. makes sense. And makes there sense. Was, and Power Rangers, well, it was originally a, a Japanese sort of helmed thing, mm. uh, and so they, and even in a couple of shots in the show, they, there's definitely like uh, Japanese people like running away from the big, big uh, kaiju's or whatever, <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever they call call them in those shots, especially when they're in the suits, and yeah, the the changing of uh, what the Power Rangers were was like a Japanese thing, like. Like the first uh, series was just a one and done of the Mechazords or the, the the dinosaurs, and then they changed into the other ones. And then Americans say, "No, we're, this is like really popular. Can we like get shots of um, them doing doing things?" And it's like, "Yeah, okay." So they they sort of incorporated their their own style. So uh, there's like essentially there's two different versions of um, Power Rangers. So I know that much. Of little tidbits, I really love how cheesy the uh, the fights were when they had the Megazords, and when um, when all the enemies became you know kaiju's yeah. size. Yeah, and I I love the fact that it's still like human sized characters, but they've just made the city look tiny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's clearly like a <laughs> it's clearly like a Japanese a Japanese thing cuz Voltron was like huge and it's like oh it's a live action mm. Voltron but in a television series and not just a movie. And <laughs> yeah, and they conti- they pretty much continue to this day. And yeah, yeah like yeah, 
big big shout out for for Jason, and he mm-hmm. he will be missed, especially around the traps of conventions and that. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, sad. 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 Tragic. Stay in our memories. Yeah. Big bucket of wind. Big bucket of wind. Yes. Um, okay. All right. Let's move on to the rest of the news. So, um, this is interesting. (laughs) I see a trend forming. Yes. Um, Because uh, we are about to get uh, a a dark version of Bambi, where Bambi gets revenge on people um, for some reason. Um, (laughs) Um... Apparently, this movie, which I think is called Bambi the Reckoning. Yes. Bambi the Reckoning. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a, a very kind of dark and macabre reimagining of the original story. Um, yeah. They're taking inspiration from a horror film on Netflix called The Ritual, apparently, um, which is very kind of creature-based yeah. horror in the woods with a cabin. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think, is it one of the producers? I think, or the director, um, what's his name? Scott Jeffrey. He said, um, prepare for, for prepare for Bambi on rabies, <laughs> is what he said. That's a direct yeah. quote. Um, so, yeah, but we don't know exactly how else the plot of this movie is going to pan out. Um, but, yeah. I guess this is a this is a thing that they're doing now is making dark versions of our childhood stories. Uh, I'm here for it. Please keep going. Um, I know someone who's not here for it. Fulia, <laughs> definitely not. Um, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you feel about about this? About the making horror movie versions? Because we've had where we're about to get Blood and Honey, the Winnie the Pooh dark version um and now we've got bambi are there any other characters you would like to see get this treatment no no i'm good (laughs) i will stick to the wholesome child family friendly versions i will not be watching any of the horror versions no thank you moving along (laughs) sweet very sweet 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 michael uh um how, does this pique your interest at all? Surprisingly enough, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like when uh, Winnie the Pooh, um, Blood and Honey came out of the gate, it was like just hearing it was like, really? They're really going to do that? Because it, it's fallen out of copyright, so just mm. jump right on it as soon as you can. And we saw the trailer, it was like, this could be really interesting, sort of like B-grade horror and and with an added twist of ruining your childhood at the same time, um, yeah, I, I I enjoy that fact, and it would be a good sequel to watch because it's new, it's different, it's unusual, mm. and, and with the Bambi thing, it's like yeah, we all know the Bambi thing, tortured us as a kid of uh, a young yeah. a young buck, <laughs> sort of um, uh, losing. His mum at a very young age. So why not Bambi going nuts and going all Rambo on some hunters? I'm up for Killing his mum. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like a John Wick Bambi. 
John Wick John Wick Bambi. Yeah. So just the just the thought of alone is like that that's really cool. And if it's like a character feature, it's like this young, young little um deer. Uh just going ballistic. Mm. Up for that. Up for that for yeah. for knowing. And yeah, and it sort of uh gets the cogs going of what 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 can you do? Paddington? God jeez. Paddington being like a Michael Myers sort of going to the oh suburbs. Oh my god. You someone, already have a bear, okay? Someone needs to Photoshop put you know that shot of like the street shot with Michael Myers in the distance and you can you just see like half of him stepping out out <laughs> of a bush. I I need that but with Paddington now. Yeah. Please. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he came. He, he came for. What oh, was he eat? Marmalade. Marmalade. He, yeah, he came for the marmalade sandwich, but he stayed for the soul, <laughs> and or something like that. I mean, some of them are pretty easy to to change. I mean, Lilo and Stitch, an no. alien, an alien no. coming down, and stop right there. Do not ruin it. Havoc yeah. on the human race. <laughs> As he's meant to be. Yeah, like a Predator-style Lilo and Stitch movie. I've removed my headphones. <laughs> you actually... Oh, my gosh, you actually... It's okay, Michael. I'll just repeat to her everything you say. No. No, nah, that was basically it. That was basically okay. it. I mean, yeah, you, you say it yourself. It's already like a Predator sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> an experiment going down down to Earth, mm-hmm. and the only thing stopping him is water. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see it. It's like the re- reimagining of um, Stitch going to mainland America and destroying it. <laughs> All right, we should move on before Fulia kills me because oh, no, I'm in the room with her. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many Disney th- stuff that you can do. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's wholesome and destroy it. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, my my weird, sick, twisted humor. Yes. Yeah. Good. All right. Let's see how Barbie and Barbie Bambi the Reckoning goes. <laughs> oh, Barbie. <laughs> a Barbie version of like botched bodies or something. Oh, Jesus. She, she gets like insane. The, like, I want like a Barbie movie where she's like, like that episode of Black Mirror where fucking social media is detrimental to your well-being. Yeah. Like, I want a, I want a Barbie movie like that. Anyway, let's 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 gold leader um here and move on to the next bit of the news, which is a bit more upbeat <laughs> in terms of content. Um, I I suppose. Oh, it's about a very sad song, I guess. Uh, anyway, so uh, this week it was announced by Disney that uh, the uh, Muppets Christmas Carol is going to be restored in 4K and in its entirety as the removed song from the film, When Love Is Gone, will actually be put back in, um, which it, which will make the viewing experience a lot less jarring for everyone. <laughs> mm. Um, because it's so obvious that they cut cut something out. Um, Especially when there's a reprieve at the end. Yeah, exactly. It's like the song, you've, you've taken away part of the meaning of this song by keeping the reprise, 
but leaving the original performance out of the piece. So, but apparently it was removed because it was considered too dark or adult, I think, for a kid's film. I think that was the point of it mm, maybe. Uh, being taken out. That was the speculation anyway. Uh, it's a beautiful song. It is a, it is a kind of a sad moving ballad. Um, but, uh, but it's, but it's an integral part of the story. So I'm glad they're putting that song back in. Um, and to see Muppets Christmas Carol in 4k on Disney plus, that's pretty cool. Up for that. Um, yeah, definitely up for that. Uh, yeah. Best Christmas movie ever. Maybe next to Die Hard. (laughs) It's definitely up there with the best adaptation of a Christmas Carol. Very true. Very true. It's definitely my favourite and, yeah, best that I've seen of the, the Dickens reimaginings. So, yeah. Good stuff. Fulia, any mm. thoughts? Well, I have seen the Muppet Christmas Carol, but I don't think I've ever seen the scene that was uh, deleted. So I don't know this song. I don't think I've heard this song before, or maybe I'm just blanking on it uh, at the moment. Um, but... I'm glad that they're restoring it to its original, um, to its original state. Um, yeah, and if and if and if you're saying that it makes it like the fact that this particular scene was removed and it didn't make sense and it was obvious, then mm. uh, I would say yeah, put it put it all back together again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure, Michael. You must be pretty happy about this. Um, I'm, I'm happy in the fact that it's all together. Yeah. Because uh, growing up, it was always the go-to Christmas movie to watch uh, in in the in in the household, mm. and this was always on the VHS version, uh, right before Disney acquired uh, Jim Henson Productions or Jim Henson mm. Jim Henson Films, and this yeah this was like the uh uh the the fast forward song as it were <laughs> not because it was like crude or anything or just uh, just incredibly sad it was just as a kid it was just boring and yeah and yeah. you can't really emotionally like connect it as a kid uh but as an adult it's definitely required like watching because it m- makes sense especially with the story within uh what scrooge is up to like this is like his love that he lost because he was turning selfish and uh, and uh, yeah and it was sung by by his love like uh, and love is gone and with the reprieve love is found it mm. definitely has that full circle and mm-hmm. i and i'm and i'm happy that it's going to be restored into 4k so i'm gonna watch this in 4k like for the first time so so yeah so that's pretty good and yeah and the the song was actually taken out when maybe when it was required by uh disney and uh all the dvds didn't have it not even as a a deleted scene either so mm-hmm. it's good that they it's good that they're coming back and putting it back in now do uh star wars uh, original um, theatrical cut. Please. Yes, please. please. Oh my god! So I can get rid of these um, damn VHSs. <laughs> 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 They're not going to last for long. 
They're not gonna last, no. We need the original Star Wars trilogy restored to its originality, please. Thank you. Well, much. just a Disney. just a theatrical cut. Yeah. Like we yes, can keep like yes. the We can keep the McClunky, but <laughs> make it an option. Yeah, yeah. When you click, <laughs> you click into it on Disney Plus, it's fucking. Do you want to watch the original 1977 cut, or do you want to watch the McClunky cut? <laughs> but the I'd McClunky stab cut. Myself. Yeah, the McClunky face. cut is like the fifth cut. <laughs> yeah, it is. It literally is. It's and it adds nothing. Nothing. The amount of times I know, I know we're going a fucking tangent, but <laughs> the amount of times. That fucking scene with Greedo and Han has been reshot, recut, like re-edited to make certain things different and added whatever. I mean, he shot first. Let's move the fuck on, George. Yeah. It's over. He shot first. He shot first. Then he shot second. <laughs> then they shot at the same time. <laughs> then they shot at the same time. And then McClunky. Oh, Jay. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> Gold leader. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Topical. Ooh. Ooh. Um, all right, let's move on to our last bit of news this week, uh, which revolves around uh, the recent announcement um, of the Game of the Year nomination. Game Awards. Well, the Game Awards nominations more broadly. Um, but yes, among those is the Game of the Year. Um, so, Fulia, yes. um, would you like to take us through, since you are our resident gamer mm-hmm. expert um slight yeah well michael is too but you are you know <laughs> i dabble you, you, you michael dabbles yes i mostly i mostly play minecraft nowadays yeah. <laughs> i haven't got the heart to play arkham again mm. that's fair enough yes well, uh, the nominations for the Game Awards have been announced, uh, albeit it was about a week ago. Uh, but we do have quite a lot of nominees for the 2022 Game Awards. And um, it's looking, um, looking really good. Uh, I just kind of wanted to sort of start off with a couple of the smaller um, awards that are being um presented, um, including uh, Best Debut Indie, and the nominees for Best Debut Indie uh, include Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. Um, Now, out of those ones, I've only played Stray, and Stray is absolutely wonderful. It is such a great game. I played it on the PlayStation. And they had some really great, uh, especially on the PS5, they had a really lot of great features that utilizes their DualSense controller features, um, including the rumbles and the triggers, uh, the haptics and all that sort of stuff, uh, which was really awesome. Um, Another category that I wanted to touch on was um, Best Family Game. Uh, And the nominees for that are Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. And I am happy to say I have played all but one 
of these games. <laughs> there are there are four Nintendo. This is like Disney in the animated Oscar yes. category. They're all Nintendo except for one. Except for one. Wow. Go They're Star Wars. Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm gonna have to say, out of all of those, um, I'm I really hope Kirby and the Forgotten Land wins because that is absolutely amazing and such a great game and it's got one a hell of a story um but it's also a lot of fun um being able to play with the different um with the different weapons that kirby gets to sort of transform into Mm -hmm. Uh, and the fact that you can also level up those weapons as well which is kind of a kind of a first actually okay yeah interesting but it's a really great game. I absolutely love it. The new mechanic of it being mouthful mode, where Kirby becomes a car or he becomes a street cone. And, but these are all like really big items right. that you can only use in certain areas for a certain amount of sort of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think out of all of them, the, my favorite has been the car and the, uh, and the pipe. So Kirby can not necessarily swallow them. He can only have it's it's because it's called mouthful mode. It literally just means that it's in his mouth. Yeah. And it just stretches him and his, his mouth and his body so that it covers the whole thing that he is supposed to try and swallow, but can't. Right. And so that's how he becomes the car. So okay. he, he covers like majority of the car except for the wheels. Right. And so then you be Kirby. <laughs> And it's so much fun. And when he the, when he becomes the pipe, you get to roll down hills and smash into walls, and just it's so good. Like I absolutely had the best time with Kirby. Um, if you and- see if you see the picture of the Kirby car, it looks horrendous. <laughs> oh, can, can you bring up a photo of the Kirby car look, so I can see? Look, it. it's nothing that you. <laughs> Is it nightmare fuel? No, not really. It is it's I want some nightmares. <laughs> it is if Bam- you think. Bambi put me in a <laughs> Yeah. It's, it is if it's you think. It's quite funny. <laughs> it's quite funny. See? That's the... Uh, so oh I'm showing God. Kendall the mouthful mode of Kirby. Um, these are all... There's also um, so many like different other ones. Like like I said, the street cone. There's, um, there's a ring where... You, uh, there's a light bulb... Um, there's a roller coaster, there's a, um, a truck, there's a vending machine, which is a lot of fun because you get to shoot out cans of, um, of soft drink, um, to get through, to, to hit enemies and to get through walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so many other sort of mouthful modes that is available in the game that makes it a lot of fun. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's why I loved it so much, but I have a feeling Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope is kind of one of those uh, ones that I got. Is going to be apparently I'm hearing good things about it, and that's the one I haven't played. Okay, I've heard I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. It's getting really good reviews. Well, that only came out not long ago. Exactly. So it's crazy. That it's already been nominated. Same yeah. as God of War, but we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. Yeah. So, so Kirby hope- is basically friendly for the game. <laughs> I hope Kirby wins. I really do. It's my favorite. Um, the and then I think the oh, I keep forgetting. With okay, so the other um, 
What other ones are there? Best action game. So there's so many different like categories. Best action game, best role playing game, best VR AR game, um, best indie game. Uh, they've got Cult of the Lamb. Yes, Australia represent Australia. Yeah, cool. Yes, it's uh, by um, Massive Monster Devolver Digital. Um, so they have been nominated as uh, best indie game. Uh, Neon White is also their Sifu. Uh, Stray and Tunic. So they're up against quite a lot of um, strong big, contenders. Big ones. Yeah. Um, honestly, in terms of indie game, I haven't played it, but I have seen it. Cult of the Lamb is actually quite fun. Funny. And it's very cutesy for a for a cult game. Yeah, yeah. for a lamb with eyes bleeding. <laughs> it's a roguelike game, so it's kind of like a dungeon crawler mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, you're a cult leader in, in a sheep form, and you go around getting people to follow you. Nice. <laughs> Which is really cool. The Very sheep cool. Um, has become the shepherd. Yes, really has. Uh, I kind of want to play it. I, I, I eventually will get around to it. It's one of those type of games that I've never played before, but um, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun because you can actually rename the followers and you can rename them to people you know. <laughs> uh, that's cool. <laughs> the only thing with the game is you sacrifice people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of sacrificing the goat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the goat sacrifices you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then there's like some other categories for best performance, uh, best audio design, best score and music. Uh, actually, I'm kind of curious about best score and music. Wow. Okay. So essentially, apart from one, they look like all of the uh, <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> nominees uh plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok uh metal hell slinger uh and xenoblade chronicles 3 uh so they're in best score of music um let's look at game of the year let's let's jump into game of the year now now that i've mentioned it uh so our nominees for best game of the year is uh a plague tale requiem elden ring God of War Ragnarok. That came out like uh, two weeks ago. Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Okay, well. Some big hitters in the yeah. end of the year. Uh, based on um, what I've heard people talking about and how they've been selling at work, I'm expecting probably uh, God of War Ragnarok to win, but like you said, Mike, it did only come out a few weeks ago. It's also a very new game. Um, Elden Ring was hugely successful uh, and then everyone was going on and on and on about Stray for ages. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of people yeah. actually own a cat. Yes. I don't own a cat. And then... <laughs> um, look, at, look, look behind you. I don't own cats. Look behind you. Look at I know. Look at the stuff that's behind you and tell me that you're not a cat person. She, I'm not a cat person. Then what's that cat doing there? She is a cat. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> Horizon from West, uh, that was a highly anticipated game. Uh, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, that was huge as well. Um, so I could totally see that coming in for the win. Um but I, yeah, I, I have a soft spot for God of War Ragnarok because A, it's Norse mythology, 
B, Christopher Judge is the voice of Kratos. Like, Boy. hello. Um, and Bear McCreary, um, who did the score for Rings of Power, as well as um, Battlestar Galactica among and Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D., among many other awesome shows that I love. Um, he's, yeah, nominated for the, the music for God of War Ragnarok, too. So, um, yeah, let's see it happen. Please. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I don't know fully how you think. How are you thinking about? Do you want Stray to win? I, look, out of all of those games, <laughs> I've only played Stray, um, but I have seen the gameplay of I think most of the other ones. Elden Ring seems to be a strong contender for being Game of the Year, um, especially since um, because of its replayability as well. Because uh, oh, okay. apparently there's a few different endings to this game. Ooh. So that's kind of why um, a lot of people have been really enjoying it because mm-hmm. then you can go back and become a different uh, a different character as so that you can then beat in a different way to get a different ending. Mm. Um, for, I know God of War Ragnarok has only just come out in the last couple of weeks, but it's getting huge reviews. Everybody's huge. loving yeah. it. Um, and you know, it looks amazing just it's in terms of its gameplay and its performance. Uh, and from what I'm hearing, the story is really good too. So I, uh, it's going to be hard to beat. I think it's going to be one of those types that's going to be really hard to beat as much as I want Stray to win. Cause I absolutely love that game. Uh, I don't know whether it's strong enough to beat God of War Ragnarok <laughs> or Elden Ring for that matter. So, <laughs> but it's nice to know that they got nominated, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, huge, huge anime uh, RPG series uh, in the in the Nintendo world. Um, it looks great. The story looks really amazing the music in it as as well is actually sounds really nice as well nice uh but i'm not sure whether it's gonna have enough votes to win against you know elden ring and god of war um i've never seen or played plague tale requiem um but i have heard some good things about it and horizon forbidden west i've heard mixed reviews about oh yeah yeah, I mean, as much as uh, everybody loves the way it looks and stuff, there's mm-hmm. they they're having there have been some word about the fact that the uh, not only I don't know about maybe the gameplay or the story's not strong. Oh, uh, okay. so uh, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little bit interesting to hear that from um, a lot of people that I watch and listen to uh on the interwebs Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i'm not sure whether that's going to take it out but we'll soon find out um but yeah what do you think uh michael who do you think is going to take it out this year um i'm probably thinking god of war maybe yeah yeah it's such a um anticipated um uh, movie (laughs) game (laughs) and yeah the the first one was so big uh and Mm. like pretty much broke the internet yeah. If they say, and so people are really enjoying this one. It's not as uh, it's not as a bit of a disappointment, like it's all buggy or anything like that. And yeah, I'm thinking that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I have I have a feeling that um, I'd say out of all of those six nominees, I'd say between Elden Ring and God of War, uh, I'd say God of War might just take it out. Maybe yeah. just. 
I think considering this is like an American thing, if it was like mm. a, a world prestige thing, maybe Elden Ring because over in uh, 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 sort of the uh, Japanese er- areas as well, like that's huge as well. So yeah, I'm thinking God of War. Yeah, I think so too. I'd say God of War will be coming out as well. And so to wrap it all up, that you can actually as a as a uh, as just a regular internet searcher, you can actually jump online and vote for your uh, favorite games in all of the categories. Ah. So you can. It's a public vote system. Oh. So you're allowed to go in there and vote away. Go and vote for the games that you absolutely loved and you want them to see win. Um, The Game Awards will be uh, presented uh, on the 8th of December in Los Angeles. Um, And I believe it's, for us, it'll be December 9, 11.30 a.m. Yes. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the Friday Yes. So yeah. So the so the Thursday, the eighth of December, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ooh. But the 9th of December, which is a Friday for us at eleven thirty a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Mm. So Ooh. for those of you who want to tune in, you can. Um, it'll most likely be. Uh, they'll have it. They'll have it live on all of their socials, including their YouTube channel and all that sort of stuff. So you can definitely check it out. Great. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned then. Yes. <laughs> Cannot wait to find out who wins. Nice. Yeah, watch Fulia do do a live action reaction stream. Yeah. <laughs> do a reaction stream. You won't be at work then. Yeah, Friday. No, I won't be. It's, it's a day that I it, it's actually a day that I stream on. Ah. So I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking ah, about ha, it. Ha, ha. But it also it also depends on whether or not I'm allowed to. That's the other thing. Oh, copyright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair call. Yeah. The internet wins again. Um, <laughs> all right, that'll do it from the nerdy news this week. Yes. Um, uh, we're not rolling up to anything except for a quickie review. Quickie review. Quickie review. Uh, on Friday, Disney Plus dropped uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh, Michael and I have had the time to check it out, um, so we're just going to give a spoiler-free review of our thoughts, um, and, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just say, uh, overall, I enjoyed it, um, I was disappointed it was only, like, not even 45 minutes, so that sucks, um, but, uh, apart from that, like, it was, it was, it was good, like, it was fun, like, you know, it's always a fun time. Uh, you know when you're hanging with the guardians um you know and we learned some things about them we didn't know and uh you know certain characters and uh you know we got to hear what cosmo sounds like for the first time mm. so that's that's really cool uh visually it looked great the music was really cool uh as well i enjoyed the opening song um that was pretty funny and yeah, and then just Kevin Bacon <laughs> being very dorky, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> being very Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Um, yeah, and uh, the whole you know Drax and Mantis going to Earth um, was was just fun as well. Seeing them, you know, walk down uh, an actual 
portion of Hollywood Boulevard where I've actually walked was kind of trippy for me. Um, but, but yeah, that was, that was really funny. Uh, nice to see the two of them getting a bit more screen time, especially Mantis. She's kind of the lead character in this. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so it's really nice for, for Pom Clementine to actually get a chance to show off what Mantis is capable of, um, as a character and as a member of the Guardians. So I enjoyed that very much. Um, yeah, so probably not exactly what I was hoping for. Um, but I did enjoy it and I laughed out loud at a few things. Um, so yeah, it's good. Hopefully they hold true to their promise and make another one. <laughs> but we'll, we will see. Spoilers. Spoilers. Ah, that's right. Fully is on Instagram. She's not listening. Um, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, what? What? what did you say? <laughs> What did you say? Michael, what did you think of the holiday special? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was definitely what it says on the din, a, holo- uh, a holiday special. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, to be taken seriously. But, well, they did say this is a central viewing for Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain aspects I understand, but uh, overall... It could be like its own little piece, and I actually quite liked yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas comes comes to nowhere, so yes. so that's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, also certain people coming back, but not really. There's a flashback, so mm. so essentially it's all, all to do with it's a, it's everything has to do with Peter. I mean, can this <laughs> man just grow up? to be a man <laughs> yeah but anyway it's it's all to do with um christmas and family and who's your surrogate family who's your real family but it's the family that you decide to have and sometimes a family that you f- somehow find in other people as well and and yeah, it's just heartwarming and felt felt good. I uh, got a little bit teary eyed, not sad, but it's like, oh, that's so sweet. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. yeah, and the guardians just giving gifts to each other because you know it's space. There's nothing to do with stuff. But I will sort of spoil uh, the the start of it where they're doing like the uh, Marvel uh, Studio logo thing, mm-hmm. and they actually got. Um, uh, panels from different comics because Santa is actually canonical in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And I was hoping they would actually do something with that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. Of actually having Santa like pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, on, uh, <laughs> on, on nowhere. On nowhere. <laughs> so, mate. But we've got uh, Drax and Mantis go- going to Earth to kidnap. Uh, Kevin Bacon, so that's that's always a plus, and just Kevin, uh, just Kevin Bacon having fun and just know to make fun of yourself, and it's all yeah. tongue tongue in cheek and it's understandable, and I very liked much. it, I liked it very much, and oh, can't wait for season season three, uh, uh, story story, volume three, volume three, yeah. uh, yes, ten out of ten would recommend. Great, <laughs> great, great, great. Thank you very much. All right. That has got to be the most on-brand quickie review we've ever done. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, essentially, it doesn't go for long, and it, you can't really explain the ending without spoiling it. No, no, no. I know. Um, I know. I and what you get in the trailer is what you get. 
pretty much. Yeah, that was the one thing that kind of had me disappointed is the fact that it was like, oh, the trailer is pretty much the whole thing with some things that uh, we can't say because of spoilers. But yeah, it's but like, still, yeah, it's kind of like it's a good shut time. up and have fun, right? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good time. A How good is this connected of... to the outer, outer universe? It doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> Leave brain at door. Eat, eat food. Watch it's Marvel. Thing. It's not meant to be like taken seriously. I mean, have you not? Have you not listened to Quentin Tarantino and? and oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway. They do their that. movies. That we they they other people do other yes. movies. And they just for some reason get so fucking offended about Marvel and DC. Anyway, whatever. Not real cinema. <sighs> Technically, it isn't. <laughs> it's all right. The internet just made up a Scorsese film, so you know you can fucking have that. I guess. Um, have you have you seen the Irishman? <laughs> I have seen the Irishman. I would say, unfortunately, but it's a good movie. It's just very fucking long, and it didn't win any Oscars. So in your face, uh, de aging. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. I wonder who pioneered that technology. Mutton. <laughs> Motherfucker. <Anyway>. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right, let's nip that in the bud right there because it is time for the moment. Yes. The section. Oh. The segment. Water. The part. <sighs> the place. Mm. The spot. Yes. The. Uh, Rebellion in the show, we like to call <laughs> Popcorn Culture. Bum, bum, boom. Yeah, Popcorn Culture Times. Popcorn yes. Culture Times. <laughs> Which means we can finally talk about the finale, mm-hmm. the end of season one of Andor, episode 12, Rick's Road. Wow. <laughs> This is going to be a ride. Um, Yeah. My goodness gracious me. What an episode. Oh, yeah. What a way to end this first season. Holy shit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love this episode. It was great. Made me cry more than once. Um, I was enthralled from top to tail. No mistakes. Perfect, pretty much, episode. Like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, it was everything we yeah were expecting, I think, and everything we were hoping for. I hope, at least I can say for myself, that it was it was good. I mean, I suppose the only thing would be the you know the Mon Mothma storyline, which we'll talk about uh, shortly. But uh, yeah, apart from that, um, no, it was it was awesome. It was really really good and really emotional and really fucking powerful and some just fantastic Star Wars. So hmm. yeah, 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 brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, Fulia, what did you think overall? Uh, yeah, it it did not disappoint. Uh, I was definitely very very engaged and just the amount of build up that they did in this episode to get to that final moment. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Yes. It is also emotional. Um, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of dialogue in this that was very, um, impactful as well. Uh, and 
just holy crap like there was a lot of tension mm-hmm. in this episode as well yeah. like yeah it just blew up like mount vesuvius it did it was insane yeah but i really enjoyed it it mm. was really good mm-hmm. yes michael how did you feel um i did like it uh i, I don't know i was probably expecting like it to be more of a full stop for a season ending but but i can sort of appreciate that it's starting up uh stories for the next season and so it would be beneficial to actually watch the entire thing so you can actually get the entire story Uh, and how it sort of uh ended a bit like um uh uh like rogue one where it sort of is leading into uh, a new hope and how how that is basically one beat away from the start start of a new hope of the um, empire attack, attacking uh, the ship and and this is was something similar so I'm probably expecting it to uh, for the second season to dive right into where, where they are now especially where where characters are uh, and I suppose I wouldn't call it a disappointment but I thought it was going to be a complete full stop and it to be like a bit of a uh, a reset for the next uh, for the first episode of the next season but that's not what they're doing and I can agree with that cool hmm yeah that's fair enough that is fair enough, yeah. Um, I was expecting certain things to kind of be more wrapped up, I suppose. Like, I mean, we didn't get another mention of um, Andor and his sister. You know, that was something that... That was the, the you know, catalyst for everything. Yeah, for Andor, Andor, yeah. Yeah, it was Andor looking for his sister in episode one. Like, that's where we meet him and that's when this whole thing kind of starts is because of that. Yeah. Um, pursuit. So interesting that they didn't kind of circle back around to that. Um, but I'm okay with it, I guess. They, the show, I suppose, could have just taken Marva's advice and said, don't look for her. <laughs> Let's not give a fuck about her anymore. It's pointless. But I doubt that they put her in there at the start to, you know, have it not come back. So I feel like season two might um, have show that us. Element, yeah. Yeah. Show us what happened to her or have him find her again or something yeah it'll come back eventually and then the other thing that i suppose will kick off the discussion of this episode uh would just be the um the stuff that happened uh on coruscant with mon mothma in this episode um now we didn't get to actually see her full swing into leaving the the senate and leaving the empire and and joining the rebellion fully um and so that'll be coming next season but um we, you know, did have some interesting beats, I suppose, wrapped up with her. Like, you know, the the uh, meeting of the two children, the two families, um, you know, this arranged marriage <laughs> that's... When two houses combined. Yeah. <laughs> this arranged marriage that's sort of uh, saving her ass. Uh, as well as uh, I... And I kind of really liked this um, because she knew she was being watched, so you know, perfect opportunity to, you know, uh, make up a cover for what where the money's going. And that's the husband's gambling. 
Um, and can I just say, never in my years did I ever think I would hear someone mention Canto Bite again yeah. and make and make it relevant to canon again. Because damn. Yeah. She 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 did that. She she mentioned Canto Bite, and I was like, "Oh God, please no!" I wanted to forget that part of <laughs> of Star Wars, but no. that's a no. no. It's it's there. It's still there. Um, but you sure, need to embrace everything if you're going to be a real Star Wars fan. We're embracing everything except for McClunky, apparently. Um, no, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story. Um, it's a translation. Yes, it's interpretation. It's <laughs> All um, stories are true. <laughs> and they're not. But they're not. So uh, I will say I did enjoy that scene of her in the car and, like, you know, the, the ISB infiltrator driver listening in to their conversation about her having a go at him about the gambling and, like, how ruined they are and all this stuff. So it makes the ISB then think that, this is where Mon Mothma's finances have gone and what she's up to. Uh, and no mention of the rebellion. But obviously they're very sus of her still and they're going to keep watching her. So she's not out of the woods yet, our Mon. Um, but I enjoyed these little moments with her, uh, as usual. Fulia, um, your thoughts on, on the Mon Mothma stuff in the finale? Uh, there wasn't actually quite a lot of it, to be no. honest. It was literally just like two scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the scene of her and her husband in the, in the car, um, was, was quite interesting because I was like, I was thinking to myself whether or not she was doing that and, but her husband has no idea what she's talking about or whether or not they were both in on it because they knew the driver would listen, or I don't know. I don't know. The husband's still clueless, I think. I think, the, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like that too. I hope so. Uh, because why on earth would then he retaliate, like argue back and be like, what on yeah. earth are you talking about? I've yeah. never, I haven't gone back. I haven't gone back there mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So... Uh, I was like just trying to figure out what was happening in that since in that instance, um, especially knowing that the driver was listening in on to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting that particular scene mm-hmm. with that argument. Yeah. Um, but then when then like later down the track we find out that she's agreed to have her daughter meet. Um, what's his name? Joffrey. <laughs> son. The I, man's son. I've forgotten. Yeah, I've forgotten the guy's name too. Yeah. Uh, so there that you go. was... Manson. Manson. <laughs> Member of the Manson family. <laughs> oh, um, I, I thought it was like, I didn't think it was going to be a full-on betrothal. I thought it was just going to be, you know, get them to meet and see what happens type of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems you. like... Whatever uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever planet they're all from, because they're all from the same planet, yeah. um, they have these traditions mm. um, very steeped in this, whatever this religion is that we learned about last week, Yeah, I think. So that's that must be a big part of that. But yeah, yeah I, I wasn't expecting that either. To yeah, be yeah. Culture. That was interesting. Mm. Culture, world building and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Michael, what did you take away from the Mon Mothma stuff? Yeah, there wasn't really much for this episode, and... Yeah, I was expecting more, but it turns out it's going in slow. So that's mm. that's okay. So 
Maybe we'll get a wedding next time. Ooh, Star oh, Wars geez. wedding. No, I hope we get a time jump in that, in that sense. I don't want to see these two kids betrothed against their will. Um, well, the, <laughs> against their parents' will. Like, the daughter is, like, all for it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so. Mm. Creepy daughter. Mate, I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be a young marriage. Just jump right into it, and then Mofra's just going to go, you know, this is nuts. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, screw you guys, I'm going to Yavin 4. Yes. <laughs> and Jimmy Smith is going to be my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. <laughs> yeah, good shit. <laughs> yeah, so there's not really much to go, go on. No. Uh, and you sort of uh, cover everything. Mm. Yeah. Yucky. Yeah. Young children getting married. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> In no. any universe. No. No, it's not. Okay. Well, let's just uh, get to the the nitty gritty, I think, because I, I suppose the rest of our episode takes place on uh, on uh, uh, Ferrix. Yeah, Dank mm. Ferrix. Uh, <laughs> dank Ferrix, yes. Um, yeah, so as we... Rightly assumed, I suppose it was a no-brainer last week, that uh, all roads lead to Ferrix and all our characters are going to start uh, to, uh, you know, collide with each other. Um, I love when shows do this, when they bring characters from other storylines into each other. It's like what Avengers was before Avengers (laughs) crossovers. Um, It's cool. It's fun. Um, but it, and it was just building the tension really nicely. Like the episode built the tension really well. Yeah. yeah. Really fucking well. Um, yeah. So, and like Andor was already there too, which I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to see him. I don't know why. I mean, we didn't really need a ship of him in transit from n- n- what, what the, I forgot the name of the beach planet he was on. Um, started with N anyway. Um, yeah. So He's yeah, he's already on Ferrix by the time the episode starts. But yeah, I love it. I enjoyed the way the tension built, the way the camera revealed all of our characters as pieces being put into play on the board, and um, and then you know, and then just the big fuck you to the Empire that this episode is, and, <laughs> yeah. um, like just how beautifully handled the whole thing was, and uh, I, I, you know, and the fact that they're talking about uh, with we've restricted them with the funeral and there is only going to be this many people here. I think this is like 40 people or something. And then you see the turnout at the end and it's hundreds of people yeah. in, in the streets. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. I mean, yeah, I don't even know where to begin with this whole thing, but I, I, I will say I really liked just these moments of Andor reflecting on the past like, you know, we see him actually reading um, What's-His-Face's manifesto um, and we get a voiceover from him. Um, yeah, Nemec. Nemec is his name. Um, and, you know, hearing that manifesto was like, you know, out loud properly was, was, was a really powerful moment. And then I also would, would say that him reflecting on, um, you know, the loss of, you know, we saw earlier episode, the loss of his dad essentially uh being killed by stormtroopers and then we see his brick and andor takes a moment to kind of 
you know, visit him and pay his respects and, you know, given what's ha- happening with Marva and all of that. And it's just very powerful stuff. And showing that, you know, flashback again between him listening to him talk and touching the brick and all that stuff. Yeah, it was really good. Really good. Do you have anything to say on that stuff, Fulia? Um, no, I was just... I was just enthralled in it all, and I, I just wanted to sort of just take it in um, yeah. and sort of... I'm still trying to process it all, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty heavy. Yeah. It was very heavy. The whole thing. Yeah. It was really heavy. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, it it was it was it was really good to watch but it was also hard to watch just trying to sort of see where it all sort of goes and, yeah um and oh. had the emotions that were being built yeah and especially cuz we've never really seen um a funeral like this in Star Wars before like mm. we've seen funerals briefly in Star Wars but never this really this one yeah this one was more of a parade Almost. It felt like almost like a one of those. Um, it was like a march. It was a march. Yeah. yeah. Mo- a memorial march. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. A very different funeral procession. Mm. Yeah. What did you guys make of the music? Oh man, the music really, really hit me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, especially because it's it's very somber, melancholy. Yeah. And then it just builds. And yeah. it builds and it builds and then it hits you like a freight train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Towards the end. It really, it really does. Michael, yeah. did you enjoy the, the way they use music in this episode? Yeah. I, I really enjoy like when the band's bands playing. It, it definitely has sort of kindred to something that you've heard before like it's not mm. necessarily like a star wars like jizz band or anything like that like the cantina band but yeah. it's just instruments that we've that we know of and so it's more of a an emotional connection to uh what we have like just the drum beats just on tempo and then just like uh just the brass just going down the street like it, it, it's something that we have seen before and uh, uh, with a previous thought that I was thinking when you were talk- talking about uh, Andor um, checking out uh, over the, his uh, his foster dad's uh, brick, um, for some reason I was th- thinking Pink Floyd and sort of everything in that, like all you are is just another brick in the wall. And it's that sort of mentality is like, yeah, we we built this city with our, with our blood, sweat and tears. And when we're, when we're gone, we're, we're still there and mm. and still mm-hmm. being useful and mm. uh and this sort of community that that is happening you could sort of see see it within this sort of funeral march procession like all these different factions all these different colors just coming together marching as one and yeah the mar- and the empire is getting really scared because the they're all grouping up it's like what's going to happen and then stuff <laughs> yeah yeah um i wasn't expecting the um the funeral march itself to go on as long as it did but i don't it's not a complaint at all but i was just surprised at the the length and stuff um but yeah it was all yeah it was all really great like just yeah 
I'm kind of, I don't really have the words for how good it was. It was just fantastic. But like nothing really compared to, I would say, the, the highlight of the episode where, you know, we see Marva's hologram mm. uh, recorded probably shortly before she passed. And that, and just fucking droids, man. <laughs> Droids. Hmm. Be too emo, man. Again, made me cry. Yeah. This week. Oh, just him just rolling behind, I think that guy's name is Brasso, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, Brasso. Um, yeah, and coming in and then putting the hologram up and just, you know, being this beacon for, for Marva and her final words and stuff. And I just, I loved everything she said and people are already calling it one of the best Star Wars speeches ever uh, in the canon, um, which I think is very fitting. But it was such a... Yeah, I was crying for, throughout most of it, I think, because it was just... And just seeing Andor look on and, 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 and Bix, her reaction also upset me quite a bit because yeah. she didn't know that Marva had died because she's obviously been in prison this whole time. Mm. And then she realizes when she hears Marva's voice who, you know, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, so that was emotional. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It had such an effect on everything and just the, just the, the big fuck you to the empire was just, it was the, the most satisfying thing. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Fulia, what do you have to say about how the whole funeral went? Um, the march down to the center of the, of the town, the, um, you know, how the, the band originally starts to warm up first and then you hear the anvil and then, and then that was their cue to start heading in. Yeah. And then just everybody following suit. Insane. But at the same time, the daughters of Ferrix had their own marching band happening and they were coming from a different side. And then as they all come together in the middle, mm. that the the shot of both of the streets with the people coming down, I love that shot. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, they're sort of just, they're coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they form the circle and then the projection of Marva, of Marva and... I yeah, that speech was really powerful. Um, I did also tear up, uh, and yeah, just I love that her final words to her community was essentially "fight back." Yeah, don't let the empire win. Yeah, and it sort yeah. of uh, jump started the actual rebellion. Yeah, that's yeah. how powerful well- it was. Yeah, absolutely. Like I had a thought actually during the week and it made me made me kind of go that like okay, yeah, the show's called Andor cuz Cassian Andor is our lead character, but could it really be about Marva Andor because yeah, she she is this clear figurehead now of the rebellion, this symbol, this mm. martyr even of the rebellion. Mm. Um so I I kind of like the notion of switching it a bit and maybe having her as kind of the the reason for the name of the show i think that makes a lot of sense i i reckon so because the moment that she 
said fight back to the Empire, everybody rioted. Well, yeah, because fucking douchebag McGee pushed B2 Emo over... And Brasso's like, fuck this. And then he uses Marva's brick as a fucking yeah. battering ram <laughs> against his head. I it's, was it's what she would have wanted. It's, yes. it's what, it yes. absolutely is what she would have wanted. wanted. <laughs> uh, fucking get him. Jesus. Yeah, that, I'm like, don't. Nobody pushes over a droid like that. I'm like, such mm. disrespect. Man. The disrespect. The Rude. disrespect. Anyway, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how did the funeral sequence affect you? Incitement to riot. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something grounded. It's something that we all know. Uh, something that we have a conscious uh, conscious um, emotional connection uh, of just down, just drumbeat march. It's like we've, see, we've seen this all throughout um, human history of just groups of people like mourning, angry, and just absolutely fed up. And all it needs is a spark to actually light that powder keg. And yeah, Martha was Martha. Uh, Martha was. Why'd you say that name? Where's her name? <laughs> it's a mother Hubbard dying. So mothers. Um, yeah, and and having that sort of powder keg just blow up, and you can definitely tell, like like throughout the entire se- series. Uh, you could see cracks forming within the empire and people under hushed tones like talking about did you hear about did you hear about the the the, the thing that happened of all these credits like just disappearing and and oh the the jailbreak what's going on we're not safe in our beds and you can definitely clear that this was a definitely key element of the rebellion like really starting up it's like oh you know what happened in this, like everyone's going to talk, and everyone's going to say people need to know what happened, and so that's going to branch off to so many things, and this is sort of leading into uh, what the second season is probably is the actual form of the rebellion, and what people are planning to do. Like definitely for season two, we'll probably get to see what Shaw's doing. Uh, he's probably going to go off and like splinter off and Luther. Well, we don't know what he's going to do, but mm, it's going to be so- something. And yeah, and we'll probably get Jimmy Smith, maybe, and Mon- <laughs> maybe, uh, and jump and Mon Mothra is definitely probably going to fall from grace and jump over. And I don't know, maybe a cameo from from Ahsoka. We don't know. It's it's not that sort of show that would actually do that, but. Uh, stuff is going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. But going back, yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed this enjoyed this thing. And uh, I was speculating last week that uh, maybe she's not dead. Maybe she needs because she needed that sort of uh, story beat to to do just to kick everything into gear. And especially with all these other characters just watching on on her uh, hologram and actually jump starting. And yeah, it's really cool. Sort of called it, but. I didn't expect it to be a hologram and not a, a, a fake, uh, a fake, uh, fake out. She actually is dead, and she's a brick. yeah. She's a brick, and she went she's to a, brick. a uh, uh, and as a brick to a guy's face, which is good. Yeah, yeah, we like that. We like that. Um, yeah, my goodness. Um, well, I mean, you know, a lot of our players in this while this is all kind of going on her getting up to their own 
bits of mischief. Um, I only wanted to quickly touch on um, Vel and Cinta for a moment, just because I I don't I don't like Cinta anymore because <laughs> clearly clearly Vel is like she's still in the fight, but she's like like they have they're clearly in a relationship here, and 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 Cinta is like for some reason is not wanting a bar of it, and I just it just really frustrated me that Vel's like pleading with her essentially to like drop what you're doing you know spend some time with me you know we don't know if either of us are about to die like yeah come on no yeah no so fuck Cinta um well (laughs) in her defense she was left to her own devices and everyone left her yeah I suppose I mean she's a badass character I will say um I I you know it was good to see that yeah she killed that um ISB dude that she'd kind of been spying on mm. for the last couple episodes, so that was that was good. Um, and then yeah, and then we got a scene with Vel and um, Luthen briefly reuniting, um, and you know talking about killing Andor. So um, yeah, so that stuff was was good. You guys have any comments on that? Really, there's not a lot to unpack, I suppose. Nah, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, like Luther's plan has always be, been to kill off Andor because he knows his face and all that. So exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, and they will go to the next scene of him and Andor, but we'll probably talk about that later. We will get to that at the towards the end, yes. But um, but I mean, did anyone think that uh, Miro was done for, or were they fully expecting Cyril to swoop in and save her ass? No, look, I wasn't expecting Cyril to, to save her, but I wasn't also expecting her to die straight away. Yeah, okay. Because I, th- I feel like she was trying... Like, she was getting trampled on. Yeah. To, she looked uh, like she was going to be pulled limb from limb. Yeah, essentially. Like, it was bad. And the amount of time she went for a gun and it just kept being kicked away or she yeah. got kicked away. Yeah. Um, was I, I, I kind of just, just a teeny bit felt bad, but then I was a like, bit, yeah. but then I was like, no, but you, you screwed everybody over. So no, screw you too. <laughs> yeah. She's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, okay, I was not expecting. This. You did yeah. this whole thing. I wasn't expecting Cyril to, to come and like come to her rescue. I was half expecting him to be more vengeful against her. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like as much as Cyril may have initially gone into this because of Andor and wanting revenge and wanting to clear his name like we've been talking about for the last, you know, ten plus weeks, Mm. uh, Cyril has become obsessed with Deidre Miro, I think. Yes, I agree. Because in this episode... We don't really see him talk about Andor at all, do we? No. Like, him and his sergeant dude, they don't seem to converse about where Andor might be or trying to find him or blah, blah, blah. Best but, as, mm. but as soon as Deidre comes in to frame, immediately Cyril is like, there she is. She's here. Oh, my God. Like, this whole thing. And then he's the one that saves her from the, you know, the people of Ferex trying to kill her. And then they have this weird scene. Oh my gosh! That was, was I felt so uncomfortable. It made it was so uncomfortable, wasn't it? 
<laughs> it was really uncomfortable, but I kind of like that for some reason. Just because it was unexpected. Hi, mm. but, you, hi, you two should kiss. Yeah, that's what the internet was saying. Um, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know what this means for their quote-unquote relationship in terms of, like, does this mean that Deidre might get Cyril into the ISB now because of reasons? I think he the saved opposite. her life. Huh? I'm thinking the opposite. The opposite? Yeah. It like, might, this might be even more detrimental to Cyril's cause. Yeah, I think she really screwed up. Like, she allowed this funeral to happen. So, therefore, they probably think, okay, you really messed up. You you can't do this anymore. Shun. And who else is shunned? Cyril. Uh, so, I, I see. That's actually, that actually makes a lot more sense. Because, you know, they the Empire don't get close to Andor at all this episode. No. They did not get sight of Cassian once. Yeah. So I have a feeling she's gonna get fired. Yeah. No, that's that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Fulia, how did you feel about the way the stuff with Deidre and Cyril played out this episode? Like I said, I was like confused and then I was very uncomfortable mm. when they were very close to each other and just talking into each other's face. <laughs> Like everybody else, I was half expecting them to like lean in for a kiss, but then I was like, "Please don't." I was, I was, yeah, I was actually expecting her to make the first move. Just the way she was looking at him and how panicked and just heavy breathing. Yes, (laughs) yeah, it was interesting. And the whole, you know, I guess I should thank you. Yeah, what the fuck? Just say thank you. (laughs) I guess I should thank you. Wow, very fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I that. That that small moment just made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I just wanted. To, I think it lingered on a little too long. It did. <laughs> they really leaned into it. Yeah, they really did. Without leaning into it. Um. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, Mike. Michael, what about you? How did how did you feel this all kind of went over? Yeah, over with your with all these uh, story arcs this is probably not my favourite so <laughs> take it or leave it I mean clearly they're going to be in the second season so whatever happens here I mean they don't really have a an own goal here except for Andor but I, I don't know what's going to happen maybe Andor's uh, Cassian's probably a fool's errand so I, yeah I really don't know what what these two are going to be uh, probably three now because he, he has his best mate like tagging mm. along mm. Uh, so two guys a girl and a pizza place <laughs> and I don't know and a Death Star <laughs> yeah two guys a girl and a Death Star yeah yeah <laughs> who knows what's going to happen with these characters yeah mm. yeah that's true that's true but I do like your idea of yeah of Deidre being let go from her role and uh or even just leaving the empire because she knows she 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 can't like gain any more ground now because because this sort of event will have ripple effects uh with other people so (laughs) it's her her head on the block definitely definitely that was made clear in this episode wasn't it so yeah Mm mm-hmm 
interesting things are coming. Mm. Um, cool. Well, I guess, you know, we just talk about how, thankfully, uh, Bix got rescued mm-hmm. and or saved her from, you know, from the clutches of the ISB. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit emotional to see the two of them reunited. Uh, but I was very relieved that they got out safely. Like, that was the one thing about this episode I wasn't expecting, is for our heroes to kind of make it out unscathed. Yeah. That was a very interesting decision. Yeah, I was expecting, like, a bit more carnage, but I don't know. Maybe I'll save it for the second one when we're uh, more emotional, more emotionally uh, connected to these characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. maybe. Because we're probably going to be spending a lot more time with Bix and Brasso and B2 Emo going forward, I would say. Now yeah. that they're headed off somewhere... Could be Avonfall, could be somewhere else in the galaxy we haven't seen before. Uh, I imagine they'll probably be doing new locations for the next season. I doubt I doubt we'll go back to Ferrix. Maybe. Maybe we'll. I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was good to see them get out, but it was sad, kind of a, sad to see like uh, Cassian decide not to, you know, go with them. Because, like, he, yeah, he knew, he knew Luthen was there and he had to... He had to wrap up that whole thing, so confront, um, confront mm. him, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, especially just the way B two emo just says, you know, you're you're not coming with us, and he like stutters. <sighs> oh my goodness, how did that make you feel, Fulia? Ah, oh, he broke my heart for yeah. crying out loud. Because I'm like, oh, but oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I wasn't, I was, I was hoping that Andor would be going off with them, but then I realized as he was loading or helping Bix in to the ship, I was just like, I don't think he's going with them. Uh, he's got some unfinished business Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting the way they decided to end it too, because it wasn't like a, a big sort of a a big bang of a ending. It was more of a very subtle sort of is it gonna happen sort of a moment ending. Mm. Well yeah, I was I remember watching the, the ship take off and go up and I'm like it would be so ballsy if they blew it up. Mm. But then I'm really glad they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not B2 Emo. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, B2 Emo has plot armor. Oh, my gosh. Until K2SO comes around. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we might be getting him in the second season. Hey, hopefully. Yeah. Maybe they convert his AI from B. Mm. And now mm. he's an adult. So he's now a, a sarcastic teenager or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where we get our Alan Tudyk again. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I suppose we should just you know, talk about the, the final scene of the the episode proper anyway. Um, Cassian confronts Luthen mm. and says, Kill me or take me in and then we cut to black. Yeah. Um Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really I don't know what to say. There's like, not really much to say about it. There's not really much to say about it. Like I, yeah, it was an interesting spot to end the episode. Um, of I mean, w- because we know what Cassian's fate is, we know where this story is going. Mm. You know, it's hard to kind of bring any kind of stakes into "kill me" or "take me with you" as a last line. 
of the series. But, you know, I did enjoy watching Luthen's face and the way he kind of reacted. Like, he was ready to kill him, of course. He's like, okay, great. He's the guy I came to kill, even though I've decided to bail and leave. He's, for some reason, he's decided to come follow me so I can kill him. Um, and then he's like, wait, okay, he's saying take me in. So now he's like, I'm, you know, this is a different Cassian than the one we met at the start of the series where he was so against the rebellion. You know, like I said, ages ago, similar to Jin Erso, just not wanting a bar of it, but then finding himself unable to stay away from it because the Empire is everywhere yeah. and the rebellion is everywhere. Mm. Um, and now he has experienced uh, a lot of um, harrowing situations and seen people that he respects be killed um, because of the Empire. He's like, right, well, that's enough for that. I'm joining up the fight. So I think mm. I think Luthen was very pleased, I think, by the end and happy to maybe, yeah, take um, him in, I suppose, and wherever they're headed. Oblige. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How did that how did that ending go with you, Fulia? Oh, I was just like I, I was I was a little bit uh I'm not sure how to describe it. Like I was expecting a bit more mm-hmm. for for the ending, especially for the ending of the first season. Uh, but after sort of processing it a little bit more, it, it kind of makes sense. And then, you know, finding out that whether or not uh, he decides to not shoot, <laughs> which is probably going to be the given. Uh, and we're going to have them sort of partner up, I think, maybe in the next season. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sort of lead the force of, of the rebellion, essentially. So that's going to be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So much for Luthen dying in the finale. <laughs> yeah. He's a two seasoner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Mike, how about you? Had the ending go for you? Yeah. As I said before, like when we were talking about uh, our previous uh, initial thoughts. Yeah, this is sort of the scene that I was talking about where it feels like this scene will probably lead to what's going to happen in the second season. Like, I'm expecting maybe a scene that comes straight after this scene. Like, like they're still mm-hmm. on the ship. And Luthen goes, okay, take you in. <laughs> or, okay, I'm going to ki- kill you. And then cut to the credits. And then and then after the credits, ah, I'm just joking, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Two men on a mission. So... It's going to be interesting. Um, what this holds for the rest of season two, because it's only going to be season two, mm-hmm. uh, Luthen will probably, I don't know, probably something will happen in mid-season story arc. And uh, and they're still piecing together the rebellion. Uh, and... Uh, it. it yeah, all comes together. I, re- I don't really have much to to add to it. It sort of no, that's okay. Yeah, it sort of it does feel like a sort of Sopranos ending. Cut the black. Mm. <laughs> yeah, see you next time. Yeah, um, I will say I liked your your comment er- earlier, Michael, that how like you know speculating about what characters might show up in the second season, given the time this show is set, um, what kind of cameos we could have, but. You know, I kind of agree with you in the fact that this is not what this show is. Mm. As much as I would love to see 
Ben Mendelsohn and um, <laughs> even Maz Mikkelsen show up because those characters are alive and well at this time and working on the Death Star. So uh, I don't think this show is going to do that. It's not a fan service Star Wars. No. That's why, why we have Mandalorian yeah. and, and Boba Fett. Um, so, and whatever Ahsoka is going to be, I think. So, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But, I mean, I've, Jimmy Smith's probably more most likely because, again, you know, you know, the scene... Scenes in Rogue One with Mon Mothma have, you know, Bail Organa there, so... Uh, and he just appeared in Obi-Wan, so it would, wouldn't be too far outside of reality to assume that he, that we'll see Jimmy Smith again um, in this. But, um, but yeah, apart from that, I, I, I... Yeah. I hope for things, but I don't think they'll happen. And you know what? I'm okay with it, because this show is very good and we don't need to do any of that stuff. Um, although... We have a we have a post credit scene to talk mm. about. Um, is this the first time Star Wars has done a post credit scene, or am I forgetting things? Hmm. Because I'm. I feel like this might be the the first time Star Wars has done a post credit scene. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, you know, I suppose we all noticed when the uh, on Disney Plus when the the, the credits didn't go into the box yeah. straight away. That we were getting something. Mine got like uh, skip credit. <laughs> oh, you got skip credit. I didn't get that. Oh, that's funny. As a, um, mm, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> so one of our other theories, uh, obviously another no-brainer, was confirmed with the fact that uh, the prisoners on Narkina 5 were working on parts, not just for the Death Star, but the actual weapon that comprises the Death Star. The weapon... That will actually take the life of Cassian Andor. He created his downfall. <laughs> he literally... Yeah. They literally gave him a gun, he assembled it, and then they shot him in the face with it. Um, it's like, wow. It's like digging your own grave. You literally... <laughs> I was like, oh, I like this Star Wars. This is good Star Wars. That's good writing. <laughs> that was very... Like, the fact that... It, like, we all kind of knew it was going to be the, the Death Star that yeah. they were working on, but... The fact that it's the actual fucking weapon was just such a good twist. And the cinematography, that shot, I get chills every time I see that that shot of the camera coming around. Like, you know, zoom zooms out on the bigger picture, but then the, when it comes around for that final shot of, like, the... The, the assembly, yeah. The, the assembly of the, you know, the weapon with its parts hovering above and the Death Star there. Ah, oh, cinema. Yeah, it reminds, <laughs> me, of the, it reminds me of those book books that you get uh with the encyclopedia of like the stuff from star wars where you see the insides of it and yeah like, i had a few of those as a kid like there was definitely a picture of something like something like that of yeah. the animatics of the death star and everything like concertining out to see like every single bit that's in in that weapon i've definitely yeah. seen that before yeah 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 that's cool um yeah, so it was a great, great little tag um, that was just wonderfully done, I think. Um, what did you make of that post-credit scene, Julia? Ah, oh, no, I, I kind of figured that at the, the moment we saw those specific sort of star parts, it mm-hmm. was like in the shape of a star. Um, that that star. Yeah, uh, that the prisoners were assembling. Mm-hmm. 
and then seeing these little droids sort of put put them into place and I'm like oh that's what they were building that's part of the Death Star and then as it zooms out to see the gun I'm just like oh no oh snap <laughs> yeah that's not good that's not good <laughs> yeah chills yeah it's good yeah Michael your final thoughts uh, on this post credit scene uh yeah um with that Probably not getting uh, Ben Mendelsohn or Mads Nicholson, but probably a name drop, definitely. Uh, especially if they're going to to explore the construction of the Death Star. I mean, it's like the big. It's like is the biggest like clangor you can actually do within Star Wars. It's like the mm. <laughs> literally the biggest thing, uh, and until. <laughs> Until Force Awakens, like, yeah, it's just much bigger. <laughs> it's an actual planet. It's an actual planet, guys. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely appreciate it. And just the ramifications of, yeah, of uh, Cassian's uh, yeah, story within that. Mm. <laughs> Words. Love it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> 10 out of 10. All right. Um, I just had one last thing I wanted to read out because I, we kind of skipped over it and I thought it was really cool. But it was just, um, oh, of course, now my IMDb has refreshed itself and I it's gone. One moment, everyone. Um, <laughs> That's all right. We'll talk about how uh, Marvel's not really cinema and shit. I don't know. Touch that bear. No. Poke that bear. No poking of the bear. Um, the the scene where, um, the one scene where Brasso and Nandor are like you know they re- are reunited, mm. and we get a brief conversation about Marva, and I just really loved what Brasso said. Like her final words to Andor were, and he says, "Tell him none of this is his fault. It was already burning. He's just the first spark of the fire." Tell him he knows everything he needs to know and feels everything he needs to feel. And when the day comes and those two pull together, he will be an unstoppable force for good. Tell him I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Ah, oh. <laughs> that's fucking good writing right there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was really, that was really sweet. But goddamn, it just sucks that he didn't get to say goodbye to her properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Missed opportunities in that. Mm-hmm. Mm. But she spoke beyond the grave. She did. Yeah. To everyone. That, that she did. to Yeah, to the entire galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a legacy. <laughs> Very strong legacy that she leaves behind. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, on that note... Yeah. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. Unless, unless you guys have anything else to say. No. Can't wait Apart for a second from- season. Yeah, we're on season two. That is the end of Andor season one. Yes, done. That's all our thoughts in the whole first season. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, thanks for listening and watching along with mm-hmm. us as we unpack uh, Andor. Um, next Star Wars thing uh, is The Mandalorian season three, uh, which is coming out in February, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we've got a couple more months to go until that um, and there'll be a trailer or three <laughs> probably between now and yep. then 
Um, but yeah, we'll be definitely be sharing our thoughts on, on that when that starts airing. So yeah, good shit. Good shit. That's the, uh, the, that's the, re- the, the, the references. That's the nostalgia Star Wars that, <laughs> yep. that we come for. Um, so who knows if it'll be as good as Andor, um, because Andor has definitely raised the bar in terms of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, before we go, um, Fulia and I have a plug um, and that is, of course, the monthly Winter Friends will be out this week. Yay! Yay. Mm. November. Yes. It's November episode uh, of the monthly. It should be up Wednesday, so keep an eye on your feeds uh, for that uh, coming in. Uh, Fulia and I are going to be sitting down to discuss our thoughts on season five of The Crown. Yeah. Ah. Um, yes, yeah. so uh, very much looking forward to discussing that mm. and unpacking that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So check it out. Yes. Check it out. Michael, did you want to plug your 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 video one more time before uh, we, we peace out? Yeah, my thing. I did your a thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, uh, I did a Doctor Who thing. Uh, mm. Yeah, this uh, past week was the 50, 59th anniversary of Doctor Who, uh, all the way back when. And uh, it's sort of a celebration video as well as a review of the uh, unaired pilot of Doctor Who all the way back when. And, yeah, it's uh, up now on the Freddy Alien channel and I've I've titled it uh, Talkin' Who. Nice. Because it sounds like Doctor Who, you see. Talkin' Who. Hey, Talkin' Who. So go and watch that, please. And like it as well. We've got a couple of likes. Oh, that's good. And also got a comment from uh, Leslie Hunting, uh, a good Leslie. friend's mum. I uh, love the difference between technologies from start to finish. That's in Doctor Who from the six, uh, 60s up until now. Uh, the storylines uh, story have changed from just entertaining those uh, through to social awareness and make, makes audiences think. Have fun. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> and yeah, you'll catch that on the Freddy Alien uh, YouTube channel, uh, and definitely everywhere. And I haven't put it on any anywhere else. I'll probably do that when I have the time. And yeah, that's uh, good for me. Great, thank cool. you very much. Awesome. Well, with that, that, that was, a was a podcast called Fred. Fred. <laughs> yes. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and maybe Twitter for all of the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. And if you're watching the video right now, make sure to like it, subscribe to our channel, hit the bell icon to be notified of future content, and make sure to head over to twitch.tv forward slash Fred the Alien Twitch and follow us over there for our live feeds. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fulia Kantaramaja. And I've been the Rebellion. I have been the brick in the wall. Hey, teacher, leave me alone. Yeah. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> and, and you, you just, just experienced a podcast, a podcast called Fred. Fred. Mm-hmm. Yes.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Remember to eat beef. Thank you, thank you. Remember uh, stuff. <laughs> Loki lives. Uh, Freddy <laughs> dies. The doctor <laughs> is in. And Endor, shoot me. Or not. <laughs> and, Ladies, and, and, and see. see.